Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak on a Fan Friday edition of the podcast. It's everybody's favorite day of the week. This is the day that the allies of the pod get to hijack the show, take control. Ben and I got to answer whatever questions they ask. You guys asked some great ones this week, as you always do. There's a lot more football ones this week. There's a couple of wacky ones, so we're going to get into it a little bit. But Ben, I felt like there were a lot more football ones than normal. That you said that last week. I mean, I'm, I maybe they're just on a football kick. Maybe for some reason, they're listening. They this, they're listening to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast for football. I wouldn't have seen it coming. I honestly, yes, I'm stunned. <laughs> I too am stunned. <laughs> Before we get to the first question, we get a message from our friends over at Pepsi because they're reminding us that this football season, see football, it's the theme. It's crazy, happening all over the place. I don't know what's up with today. It's going to be different. It's because Pepsi is here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talents that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Guys, I gave Ben control over which questions that we were going to be able to to jam pack into this 45 50 minute episode. I say that I hope I hope we're going to hit the 45 50 minute window, but knowing how long winded we are, probably going to go over. So if we didn't get to your question, please um send all hate to at Benjamin Solak on Twitter. That's what I had and to say. And if about not, that. still send all hate to Benjamin Solak on Twitter. Yes. That's yes. just the general default for this podcast. Right. All all business inquiries at Benjamin Solak. Are you ready to go? Let's hit it. First one, Joe at work. If you were starting an NFL franchise today, rank these 10 head coaching candidates, all mm-hmm. of whom the Packers interviewed in 2018. thought that that was interesting there. Jim Caldwell, Chuck Pagano, Joe Philbin, Josh McDaniels, Brian Flores, Dan Campbell, Pete Carmichael, Todd Munkin, Matt LaFleur, and Adam Gase. It's just wild. I did not realize the Packers interviewed 10... Whole ten people. That's I, more than like I did not know that. Five, right? I did not know that either. And you know what? I respect the thoroughness that the Packers listen. And I mean, let, the guy they landed on is the top of my list. Uh, you know, like, Lafleur, I mean, they, yeah, Fle- Lafleur's yeah. one for me. Yeah, so they, they they did it well. Uh, so from the bottom, ten is Adam Gase. I don't feel the need to explain that. Nine is Joe Philbin. He's old. He doesn't interest me. Okay. Seven and eight tied Dan Campbell and Pete Carmichael. Uh, Pete Carmichael is the you know titular offensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. Right. Dan Campbell is the tight ends coach and assistant head coach. They're both Sean Payton puppets. I don't trust either of them. Uh, six, Jim Caldwell. Think that Jim is a good coach with a ceiling, and you don't really you know unless you're like trying to really like resuscitate a, a, what's been a bad organization. Then I, and that's not the case with the Packers. I don't think you need to bring in a guy like Caldwell. So mm-hmm. six for Caldwell. 
Five, Josh McDaniels. He's gassed. I don't trust him. I don't really think he's that good at coordinating offense. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Four, Todd Monken. Like a lot of what Monken does on the field, he's also rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the spots that he's had. Yeah, it's because they're cowards. They're they're afraid to be great. Okay, okay, maybe. But also, just as you have to acknowledge that as a head coach, you kind of have to be liked a little bit. This is important. Sort of. I don't think it is. Keep going. Okay. Three, Chuck Pagano. Really impressed with what Chuck Pagano's done uh, with the Bears' defense. Still think he's a really, really good defensive signal caller. I think that he's a good leader of men. Obviously, the Colts' tenure had a lot of other stuff going on with it, but I thought he did well there. So uh, Pagano at three, which puts Brian Flores as my two. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think I've been a big Brian Flores stan since the end of last year and into this year. And Matt Flores is the one. And very simply, I mean, the Packers were 13-3 and three last year. And this year, right now, are five and two. Matt Lafleur is eighteen and five as a head coach in the regular season. It's good. This is not too shabby. He's right. In the office. Right. Yeah. He's winning more than three out of every four games. So uh, I think that that record is, you know, you you a lot of that may not be Lafleur. Like a lot of it might just be he's a confounding variable. He's a correlative variable there. But you can't take away from the fact that his team regularly wins football games, and the Packers weren't so much doing that before he got there. They kind of were, but it wasn't. Looking like it does now. So Matt LaFleur is number one for me. Uh, as you were reading those off, I was kind of shocked at how similar our lists are. And then I thought about it more and I'm like, no, this is this is really like the order. There's yeah. not a lot of there's not a lot of wiggle room here. Ten, I also have Adam Gase, obviously. Not hard. Nine, I also have Joe Philbin. Obviously, not hard. Um, seven and eight, I have Pete Carmichael at eight, and then Dan Campbell at seven. I don't really trust Pete Carmichael because He's just had Drew Brees the whole time. Like he was in San Diego when Brees I, was I don't in know San Diego. About these guys, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, Pete Carmichael has been around as an offensive mind since Brees was in San Diego with the Chargers, and dude has just stayed in New Orleans for the last ten years. Like, I, if he, I, I feel like if he had head coach ability, we probably would have figured it out at this point. Like he would probably be a hotter name to consistently interview as a head coach or he probably would have gotten one of these opportunities before if he had the chance to do it he's he's been at that like almost position and so that makes me just think that okay he's behind Sean Payton and he's with Drew Brees and that's just like what he is which is fine but that's also why he's eight on this list uh yeah seven Dan Campbell six I have Josh McDaniel simply because like I like can't trust the dude he's above the other names that I mentioned but I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not hiring this guy to be a head coach. Jim Caldwell is five. Chuck Pagano is four. Todd Munkin is three because I'm not afraid right. to be a coward like Ben is. Two not is, afraid to be a coward? Interesting. Interesting angle there. Not afraid to be a coward. I'm not afraid to not be a coward. <laughs> yes. English? <laughs> language? Good. Todd Munkin is three for me because I am not a coward. There you go. Nailed it. Took me a while, but we got here. Two is Brian Flores. And then, yeah, number one is uh, Matt LaFleur. That was a good question. I liked it. Right out of the gate. Strong. Bring out a ridiculous ruling that will in no way benefit the game, but will greatly benefit your own enjoyment. For example, Albie says, once a quarter, a team has to run and engage eight blitz. So, like, they have to pick and choose when they throw eight at the pocket. That's his rule that he's bringing in there. Do you, what, what, what is your ridiculous rule that you're putting into the game? Yeah, and, and I appreciate the question. I will say that the example, disappointingly soft. 
for this podcast, once a quarter team is running gauge eight. What's a drive? Come on now. Yeah, like, that's, it should be once a drive. This is absolutely. Fan Friday. Right. This is, this is Come on. Monday is a fan Friday. It my rule. Be, it should be every other play, to be honest with you. My rule is once a quarter, but it's particularly, it's notably more zany. Once a quarter, mm-hmm. the field direction sw- sw- uh, swaps mid play. So, like, usually, like, you know, mid play. So, usually, like, end of the first quarter, right? Okay, like, this is the end of the first quarter. Now the team's going to start going the other direction. Yeah. It's second and six. Hand the ball off. Adrian Peterson dives forward for three yard gain. He's churning his legs. All of a sudden, a siren blares. I was going to say, how did they notify them? Turns and starts. Sprinting to the other end zone. Every every play, every play, the defense would have to take at least one guy and just send him deep into the opposing backfield mm-hmm. as like a quasi safety in case the siren blares. Listen. Oh yeah, just, I didn't even think about that. You got to start like wasting players. All right, it would destroy defense. Points would be absolutely nuts. Running quarterbacks would be the greatest players ever because in the event of a siren, they could just they turn just and run. They just sprint, yeah. Right. So it, 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 there's no defense is gone from the league forever, but it would be entertaining. You would almost have to like send a corner on a corner blitz just to, right. just to like play safety, if you will, lack of better words, exactly. like against a, a potential field switch. Yes, and that, and then once you know the field switch happens, it only happens once per quarter. Then you can play standard the rest of the way through. But like, imagine a imagine a fourth quarter, two minute drill, down by four, mm. no timeouts, and the siren hasn't blared yet. Yeah, you've got so Joe Buck and Troy Aikman who are just sweating in the booth. You can waiting get all the way to down to the opponent's 13, 30 seconds left, no timeouts, and the siren. But you got to go eighty seven yards back the other way. Is it, you said it's once a quarter. It's once a quarter once that a happens quarter. at a random time. Okay, that'd be that'd be very interesting. Um, I have two that I came up with. One of them is that if you kick a kickoff through the uprights yeah. as a field yeah, goal, yeah, good one. the opponent starts at the two yard line. Like, I didn't want to give it a full point. Like, I didn't want to make it so, like, we're actually putting points on the board because I'm not an anarchist. But I will say that if you make it through the uprights, your opponent gets it at the two-yard line. However, if you blast it out of the end zone and you don't get a field goal, your opponent starts from, like, the thirty. So we're we're putting some skin in the game here for kickoffs. Right. But like, think about how much valuable this makes Justin Tucker. Right. No. Yeah. He just gets to blast it through. Right. Tucker. Tucker signing a, a fifteen million dollar per year contract. Absolutely. People Starting are your front of the two all the time. People are trying to get kickers out of the game. I'm trying to get kickers paid, baby. Give them the money. Field switching like stuff. And then the other one that I had is that at the end of every single quarter. No matter where you are on the field, no matter what, you have to attempt a field goal. No matter where you are, you've got to attempt it. Can you fake? Can you line up to attempt a field goal? Like you have to, you have to define your field goal personnel, your eleven guys before I would, the game. I would say that you 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 can't fake it. No, you've just got to attempt a field goal. That sucks. Yeah, look. What this about w- fourth down attempts, though. What do you mean? Like, like fourth down attempts are some of the best. 
plays in 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 league and they're like at high energy high charge you lose those no 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 you can still call those it's just oh. that at the end of every quarter when the clock hits zero you have oh. to attempt the field goal i got you i got you i got you Wow. I, don't, I, I, I did not think that out at all whatsoever, so it could be literally the worst rule that we put in here. But look, well, I think that what that ends up benefiting is return men. Think about Devin Hester. Exactly. Yes. One yes. field goal return per game. See? You would pooch kick the field goal. Right. Give me it to Devin Hester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just turn it over right there. You're like, take it. I don't want to give up seven on this next play. We give it to you on the next one. Um, guys, I already mentioned it, but. This football season is going to be different. Pepsi is here to get us ready no matter what you're doing on game day, whether it is Saturdays or Sundays. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day. Become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, they're the real generational fans. They're you guys. They're us here hosting the podcast as well because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. And Lord knows, Ben and I ain't playing anytime soon. So bring on the Pepsi. That's all I got to say about that. Next question is a good one. I like this one. You are the general manager of an NFL team. However, you can only draft players from five universities during your tenure. You have to choose them in draft format. So you and I going back and forth, okay? Mm-hmm. We're just going to so – we're just going to – no, we're not – I guess we should snake draft it, right? Yeah, that's that's we're fun. absolutely going to snake draft. Okay, all right. We're going to snake draft it. You want first or second? Uh, I will go first. All right. Please feel free. Okay, I'm going Alabama. Oh, sweet! I'll take Ohio State, no problem. Okay, uh, that was the these these were the obvious one and two. Were your your two is Bama, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but I would have taken Ohio State above Bama. Okay. Um, LSU. That was my one that I wanted. Uh, I need the defensive backfield. I'm gonna go Penn State and. Oklahoma. I can get a quarterback. Wow. I can get a quarterback out of Oklahoma. All right. I'm a cool team, uh, two, a team I did not have at my list, and a team I had at the bottom of my list. It's interesting. All right. Go ahead. All right. All right. All right. All right. As I he, wanted to. As he pauses, I'm, I'm 100 taking Florida from you. Okay. Florida. Okay. Defensive back is gonna be great, and sure. I will take Clemson. Okay, so I have two more. I'm gonna go Georgia just for the freakish recruiting pipeline and then washington because washington's got sneaky good players i mean they do but on on, well you're only drafting through 10 teams you're going to take them over usc or florida state over texas yes that's a decision all right well i I, want i've got i've got my my power conferences with the first four that i picked and now i'm getting the now i'm getting the like x factor guys from washington I'm giving right. the Pac-12 well, that, yeah. some love here. I'm taking USC then because I want the California recruiting base. Nobody picked. So then, uh, I, nobody picked Notre Dame. Well, it was a bad program. Well, yeah, uh, but so they got, got good you. offensive linemen that come through there. You know. Yeah, I was thinking Notre Dame and Wisconsin were going to be my fifth pick in the event that you were taking the teams I wanted. I think I'll get good enough offensive linemen just for the the recruits that I have: Clemson, Florida, LSU. Um, USC gives me good quarterback pedigree as well as Ohio State, so I like that. Clemson hasn't like Clemson historically really hasn't generated that many like first round draft picks and, and you know, overall draft picks, but right. obviously they've been on the rise recently. So I just wanted to get them for what the program's becoming. Clemson then, was weird to me. I felt weird about yeah. that one. Right. I didn't I have mean, them you, very high. 
Yeah, like if you look at total draft picks, they're not in the top 10 over the last 20 years. Uh, they've had yeah. a competitive amount of first round draft picks over the last like 10 years. Mm-hmm. But really, it's been like that's the only kind of area where they're hanging up there. But that's a future projection. Who's your I, last, I just wanted, who's your last I wanted team? recruiting bases. Who's your last team? USC. So I got California oh, yeah, right. okay. with USC. I got Florida with Florida. And then I got LS, the Louisiana, Alabama, Northern Florida with LSU. And then I got Ohio State, which is to me the best recruiting program over the last 20 years. Did you do a like top 10 for this question? Did yeah, you have, like, I had, I so, had uh, Bama. I had Georgia. I had Miami, Florida. I had a Florida State. You, um, had, you had Miami on there? Yeah, okay. I wanted to make I don't, sure I got one team in Florida for sure because I need those recruits. Okay, I don't have I don't have Miami on here. I was I the reason I brought that up is because the only team in my top ten that we didn't go with was Notre Dame. That was the only one, and they were number ten for me. Everybody else we picked everybody. So yeah, I Notre Dame and Wisconsin were like my if I really need to make sure I get offensive line. Yeah, offensive off the line. Teams. Yeah, yeah that, that I've got previously. Right, but that would be like, firstly, it'd be really cool because you'd end up fielding basically like the high school all-american teams of five years previous right Right. you're just like getting so many big time recruits but it's funny to think that like if you're targeting quarterbacks it's tough like if you look at the best quarterbacks in the league like what we should have drafted nc state you know like it's like it it, it, the the best quarterbacks in the nfl don't go through these blue blood programs like the rest of the positions do yeah yeah i i guess i think the quarterback is just pretty random you know, I, I don't think there's like a... I think it goes to show you how much, you know, right, situation and development matters. Right. right? How many five-star recruits at quarterback have we seen just be, right? Like, oh, Trevor sure. Lawrence is so great. Justin Fields is so great. Yeah, the third guy in that class was JT Daniels. Lost his job. <laughs> transferred to Georgia. True. Be, that's, that's advantage. <laughs> right. They think those, the, you know, high school recruiting for quarterbacks is a very, very difficult game. So there's so yeah. much early attention on it. There's so much narrative built into it. So, like, you know, if you... I was thinking about this last night. Like, if you list like the best five quarterbacks in the league right now, Texas Tech, NC State to Wisconsin transfer, Cal, you know, like Michigan, right? It, like that Brady's so long ago that stuff. Like we still do even just with, like young guys. No, you know, I know it's got, it's all way different. It's way different. It's a, it's it's a widespread, and that's the nature of quarterback, man. Uh, okay. I want everybody to make sure that they noted right there that Ben stays up at night thinking about these Fan Friday questions because he, he he said he was up late at night thinking about this one. All, all I do is I just turn over in my head. Well, how can I best answer this Fan Friday <laughs> this is, question? This is very true. Can you guys please release an official statement on why Roger Goodell is saying welcome to the NFL giraffe in your intro? He doesn't. It's not welcome to the NFL giraffe. It's. The NFL draft the is NFL officially draft open. Is officially underway or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he okay, said, he I, said, "Hold on." He said, "What are you hiding? This is clearly a branding issue. What if people start thinking that the podcast is about giraffes?" Firstly, the pod, This is the the meme with the astronauts in the world, and the front astronaut is saying, "Wait, it was always giraffes." And Trevor and I are the back astronaut with the gun, saying, "Always has been." Listen, uh, man, giraffes. This could absolutely be a locked on NFL giraffe podcast. All right, giraffes. Are you kidding me? For one, tallest mammals on Earth, okay? Run as fast as 35 miles an hour over short distances. Run as fast as 35 miles an hour over short distances. Only need to drink once every few days. Brother, giraffes only need 5 to 30 minutes of sleep in a 24-hour period. Giraffes are the true grind fathers. 
<laughs> the true giraffes 23 and a half hours a day watching film don't even need a cup of water in front of them <laughs> right you understand me? they don't even right. need water they don't even need the all 22 they can see already they just stand up oh my god house. they've got the above head view they are oh the goodness. all 22 this is such an illuminati moment right now <sighs> now i wish this podcast was actually about giraffes or so maybe did you Google has it been did you Google fun facts giraffes? Because I googled fun facts giraffes, and it yeah. feels like we got the no, exact ver- same verbatim. Thing. We're on we're on the exact yeah. same we're on the exact same page right now. Scroll up though, like scroll up to the very the very front. Look at the picture they yeah. they got as a giraffe. Look how, <laughs> look how handsome he is. Look he is good looking giraffe man. He's got his head yeah, poke, nice head poking out from under the trees. Making sure Locked he gets on. the all twenty two any. I li- I'm never gonna be able to say the word draft. The same way again, because I'm going to think about this question. If you say it quickly, as many people do, like locked on NFL draft, you don't really pronounce the T. <laughs> giraffe. And it sounds like giraffe. I didn't realize. It, it was it was a fourth wall breaking moment when he said that. And I listened to it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This sounds like giraffe. I'm just going to I'm just going to start calling on Twitter L-O-N-G. Or actually, let's rename somebody in the uh, somebody in the premium slack. Rename the locked on NFL draft channel L-O-N-G. So everybody, yes. all true allies of the pod, know exactly and where they need to go. Any other TDN members ask about it? Play dumb. Don't tell them. You know who's not dumb though? Who's that? Giraffes. Yeah, we love giraffes. Lots Andrew giraffes said, "Longtime listener, first time caller. When would each of the starting quarterbacks in the NFC East put up their Christmas tree decorations?" All right, great question. Great because. Question. Obviously, Trevor, as as listeners of the podcast will know, Trevor's already got his dog in a freaking reindeer suit. On Hell November yeah, 2nd. baby. Hell and yeah. Meanwhile, Look at him. He's so handsome. I'm so, I mean, firstly, he's the cutest freaking dog on the face of the planet. Secondly, I'm still out here with my, my you know, light, my little light up pumpkin on my mantle, right? We're, we are still in Halloween fall mode Get over in this house because Get we observe out. the rigorous scheduling procedure of holidays this is see this goes right in line with you being a coward of of accepting todd munkin as the better head coach candidate this is the exact same thing you're just a coward right now you're a coward to go right towards the better holiday i'm not i'm not taking the time to explain this to you again because i've already explained it to you once but when we hit december 25th i am in a better holiday cheer than anybody else on the planet and it's because i meticulously scheduled the apex of holiday cheer on the 25th now Yes. Kyle Allen, 100%. I don't, I'm not on Instagram. I'm Kyle Allen, 100% has already posted a picture with his wife and his two kids wearing Christmas sweaters. Guaranteed Kyle Allen was decorating for Christmas on October 15th. I'm positive. Okay. Daniel Jones. My thought on Daniel Jones is that he doesn't decorate anything. He just kind of walks up to the wall, you know, plugs himself in for the night, falls asleep, wakes back up in eight hours, recharged, white room. I don't think Daniel Jones decorates anything. Carson Wentz. No, because they, like, he's North Dakota State, right? And he's like big, like hunter boy, big outdoorsy guy. So I bet you right now in the log cabin that he lives in Philadelphia, don't question it, it works. He's just got like, you know, leaves and a picture of his family and a wreath. I don't know. Like, there's no like, it's seasonal. It's not holiday based. You know what I'm saying? Like he wouldn't have like gaudy snowmen and lights, everything like that. Like this, he's too hardy for it. So I don't think he's got it decorated yet. Sure. And then... I don't know who we're calling the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I went, with, I went with Danucci. You went with Danucci? Okay. I went with Dak Prescott, and I think that Dak is a big, like, you know, wear a, a Santa hat and, and, and an ugly Christmas sweater and be a really happy, jolly guy for, like, you know, 
He's got like happy dad energy around the holidays. Dak sure. Prescott does, in my opinion, because he got that big smile. He's got that million dollar smile. So I think he he decorates him early. All right, Kyle Allen, um, his head coach is Ron Rivera. It's his two time head coach. In fact, Ron Rivera likes Kyle Allen so much that he traded for him from Carolina to Washington when he was making the transition over. Ron Rivera is very much a disciplined guy. Okay. You know, like he he's by the schedule, he's by the book. And so that makes me think that Kyle Allen would have his Christmas tree and his Christmas decorations put up the Monday after Thanksgiving. So he'd let Thanksgiving, you know, like ha- like breathe a little bit after the holiday, but the then that, that Monday, timeline. that Monday morning, you know, we're starting the week fresh. It's Monday morning. Boom, it's Christmas time. Similar to that, Carson Wentz, I think, is first full week of December. I, I don't think he's like right away like making the change like on that first Monday, but I think that once it hits December and he sees that on his calendar for a couple of days, that's when they make the transition over. So he's he's I, I feel like he's kind of on your timeline, maybe a little bit later. That's my but he quarterback, goes, baby. He goes first full week of December. That's when he's doing it. Ben DiNucci, Christmas tree is up in the foyer year round. Year round. Uh, the Does not take it down. Ben DiNucci, he's partying with Christmas and eggnog year-round. Daniel Jones, I just have one word next to his name. Wooden. That's it. Just the word wooden. He'd forget. He doesn't right. celebrate holidays. I don't know if that's true at all. But I, I feel like, I feel like he, he's not even putting it up. dorm room was like prototypical dude dorm Daniel, room. Yeah, right? Daniel Jones is a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I would I when I picture his house, I picture the apartments that girls always tweet out. And they're like, dudes really think it's okay to live like this, SMH. And it's just like a lawn chair in the middle of a carpet living room with a television and a PlayStation or an Xbox on the floor. Yeah, that's, that's Daniel Jones, Jones energy. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, rank the top three foods that you swear people only pretend to like. Oh, tremendous question. Great Couldn't question. be more pleased to have Great this question. one. I thought of my three very quickly, so there might actually be better ones if I if I would have had the chance to actually let this question breathe, but I didn't. I thought of three immediately. I'll All right, so I actually, so I, th- I only came up with two, like I came up with two very quickly, and then I had to think about my third one for a while. Three is salad, okay? Listen. I like salad. Everybody like likes salad. Salad is fine. It's a controversial who, take. Okay, but here, here's 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 the angle. People who like go to a restaurant and are like, I'm so excited to get this salad, are you're dumb. You're lying. That's not real. Okay, you want a hamburger. You want a much better meal than a salad. Getting, what you if you're getting both though? That's fine. Which one? Are you, uh, but like the salad is a side salad, and your entree is your entree. That's sure. what that's what you came for. I'm just saying. You left your right. house. Okay, go to ahead. Spend money at a place, and it wasn't because they got a salad. It was because they've got a three level burger. Like Fair. this is what this is for, the reason for which you came. This is why you are here. But like, <laughs> this is why you were born. Right. But the, no, because there's people like oh, like you know, like oh, we're out to lunch. I'll just get a salad. Stop it. Salads are fine. They're good. Uh, yeah, but, the ones that come in bags and Trader Joe's are quality. Yeah, hold on though. You hold on. You set the you set the table there for like somebody who is out at like a nice work lunch with a friend that was maybe trying to save their calories for later in the day. No, 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 no. Don't get a salad. Stop getting salads. Salads are okay. <laughs> They're fine. 
They're good. But like, there are people who like, I look forward, like, you know, one of these people I happen to live with and marry and cherish dearly who like, can't wait to eat a salad for lunch. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, it's a salad. Like, because salad has the connotation that you share right there. They're trying to wash the calories. They're trying to be healthy. So people like jazz them up like, oh, it's going to have red wine vinegar. Like, it's just lettuce. It's just wet lettuce. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway. Oh, feta cheese. How exciting. No. That's number I, one. I do love some feta cheese, though. Two is soup, which, again, like, I'm just going after oh, me on my sides right now. Yeah. You're, you're, was, you're, you're going after some people here. Salad is wet lettuce. Soup is just wet vegetables. It's just, what if we took these good vegetables and made them soggy and oh, all taste dude, the same? No. Yes. No. no. Purees are good. Bisques are good. A nice hearty stew is acceptable. But like, oh, oh yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, it's wintertime, right? What does that mean? Like, oh, like we got like, you know, like a nice white bean soup, oh, potato soup. No, just give me potatoes. Potatoes are good. I don't need water <laughs> oh, as are, well. If I want you, water, I'll you put it are, in glass. You are wrong on this one. You, you're just okay. wrong. So, so soup was the third one I added. I felt, I felt strongly about salad right away, and then my okay. number one by a mile is a tomato. What are we talking about? You stupid. <laughs> this is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, yeah, nothing, nothing better than popping pop a cherry tomato in my mouth. When you hate feeling good? Like, what is it? Firstly, it's horrible to bite into. It takes so much energy, and then it's just squish. And then it's it's bitter, but not in a good way, and the texture is horrible. People are like, oh, like, yeah, like oh, a good sandwich. Got a lettuce, onions, a little bit of Italian yes! sub, a banana peppers, yes! olives, and then a whole fat slice of a tomato? No. Tomatoes are bad. It gives it moisture. Have you ever had tomato sauce? Have you had this before? Like toma- yeah. What, what yeah. do you mean, what do you mean tomato sauce? Right. You had tomato sauce, right? People take tomatoes and then process it into something markedly better. <laughs> and people are still like, yes, give me a whole regular tomato. Yeah, I would like, I would like, oh, yeah, slice that puppy up and just put it on a sandwich. Make everything taste like bitter tomato juice. Freaking sick. No, it's not. These are my takes. Those were I, – I was not in any way expecting those three to come off the board. And, and you know, you bringing them up. I shouldn't have been surprised. I guess you've got some. You've got some strong, interesting food takes. Those I didn't put that... fruit on there, so there I we was go. well. Yeah, I mean, is tomato a fruit? Oh shoot, it is. Oh, it? we got him! We got him, boys! We got him! All right. So <laughs> another reason I hate tomatoes. They uh, lie. All right. I just thought about this one. Um. So yeah, I did. I let this question breathe a little bit. Uh. So this is kind of an honorable mention because I don't have it on my list. Black licorice sucks. Yes. Like objectively. Yeah, there is people nothing who like it are wrong. There is nothing that has ever been paired with, coated, I, I formulated. I don't there's there's never been a purpose in which black licorice has ever at any point been better than whatever a similar option could have been at that right. time. No. I e like regular licorice. Like freaking regular licorice. Right. I I just don't I I don't understand. The first time I had black licorice in my life, I thought I was gonna die. I thought that was it. I thought it was poison. I thought my parents had just poisoned me. I did something wrong. They got annoyed with me. They were poisoning me. I was going to die. That's how I felt when I was eating black licorice the first time. Um, Number three for me is candy corn. Candy corn is not good. There's just like nothing. There's there's nothing to it. It tastes like over processed wax. That's it. In in a Who holiday, to like candy corn. In a holiday that celebrates all sorts of good sweets, how did we get here? 
how did we get to the worst one being one of the staples of the entire holiday? I just don't understand. While we're on the topic of holiday candies, peeps. Peeps are trash. Have been trash. You're just listing candy that isn't good. These are foods that I think are bad, that people right, eat. But, but the question is, would people pretend to like? People are like, oh, ho, ho, ho. Like, who, who's like, oh, I'm so stoked about peeps. It's Easter. Nobody. Bro- brother, they are front and center in the grocery store yeah, for when Easter comes around. So the little children are like, mommy, 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 I want the giant marshmallow. And mommy. bad parents stay bad and get them <laughs> for their kids. Just going straight for the throat on parents on this one. Right. I'm coming for parenting hard on this podcast. And then uh, number one for me, and I have to do this because it's topical because this is a big thing on Twitter either last week or the week before. Sprinkles. Sprinkles do nothing to enhance ice cream, which is objectively good at all whatsoever at any point. Whether it's in a bowl, on a cone, I don't care. They're not good. They're, again, processed wax. And you're putting them on ice cream. Why? Texture? If you want texture, just eat, I don't know, just don't eat ice cream. Eat something else. If you don't want the texture of ice cream, don't eat ice cream. Eat something else. You don't have to objectively make it worse. People Mm -hmm. People who put sprinkles on ice cream for any situation, including a sundae, are wrong. Wow. All right. See, I, don't, I, I, I'm not a big sprinkles guy, but I don't feel strongly about it either way. I'm just like, oh, sprinkles, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, they don't move the needle for me. That's how what, I thought other people were in this world that we live in. So, and are there people who like won't eat soft serve ice cream unless there's sprinkles? I don't know if it's like won't eat, but Mina Kimes, shout out Mina Kimes, she either responded to a poll or put up a poll herself and was just like. How could anyone in the world say no to sprinkles when they're an option on ice cream? And I'm over here like, how can anyone say yes to sprinkles when they have the option for them to not be on the ice cream? And it was, uh, I'll just say that there were far more people who defended sprinkles to the death than I thought was going to be the case. I think it's like, I like, you know, if somebody was coming at the neck of like hot fudge, I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to like, you know, go full Viking on this situation. But like sprinkles, I'm just like, if you want them, go for it. If not, not, I don't really... They don't, like I said, they don't move the needle for me. Well, People we, weird, care about weird things. Okay, so I named actual foods, and you named mostly processed sugar. Yes. Yeah. That shouldn't exist. I feel like I better respected the nature of the question and should be lauded accordingly. Take all of this stupid processed sugar, put it in a small to medium-sized capsule, and launch it towards the sun. <laughs> that's Fair. My, reasonable. That's acceptable. All right, we got a fear factor question. Which would you rather take? A full-speed stiff arm from Derrick Henry once per day at a random time so you don't know when it's coming. Or be locked in a room with Aaron Donald, who you stole his girlfriend's heart, and he's pretty unhinged. Well, one of these things, you die within minutes. Right. Seconds, even. Yeah. Now, firstly, the implication that I could steal Aaron Donald's girlfriend. I think I would get in the room, and I'd be like, Aaron, look at me. It didn't it. happen. I believe and he it. Like, yeah, you're probably right. No, you're a good-looking dude. Thanks, man. Um, right, the, the the once a day for a week. Okay, so I'm just getting randomly shoved into the ground at a high speed once a day for seven weeks. And yes, like, I'll be nervous about that at first, but at some point you just kind of say, Levy, like, this is what's going to happen with my life. Mm-hmm. And you just make sure you're never, like, near a cliff face, and then you're fine. The Donald thing what is— What if you're, like, making hot soup like you often do? 
well, no, soup is the second most thing that people <laughs> pretend to like that they don't actually like thing. Hot tea. You got me on that one. Um, so I think, right, I think like, but also, you know, okay, Aaron Donald, very physically imposing dude. Is he, like, he's, he's pretty unhinged. Is he, but like, is he still like a person? Is he going to leave the room and then there's immediately going to be the police be like, you just murdered a guy? Like, are there consequences No, they're going to look the other way. What do you think? What do you think? The police are going to try to handcuff Aaron Donald? They don't want to end up like you. That's a good point. I, I feel like we're giving Aaron Donald a lot of power here in this situation. Just like act with impunity. No, God gave him power. Yeah, God gave him good muscles. Um, okay. I'd go with Derrick Henry. Derek I Henry. Yeah, I wouldn't die. Yeah, I wouldn't die. It would also be like a really funny story. Like you're out with people and like there'd be a bang and you would like freak out. And they'd be like, dude, what's wrong? You'd be like, oh, Derrick Henry might come randomly stiff arm me at any given time. <laughs> uh, so we should just all be prepared for that. You'll notice. You'll be able to tell who he is. 6'5", 245, crazy dreadlock. He's going to murder me. It'd be cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right, so we got about 10 minutes left, so we're going to go a little bit of rapid fire on these next couple ones here. Alex asks, the Jets have the the Jets have three draft picks inside the top 33 in the 2021 NFL draft. Which three players do you think can help the team right away? Interesting position. It's funny because uh, this was a framework that we did a lot with the Jets, or excuse me, we did a lot with the Dolphins last year when the Dolphins were projected to have three first-round picks, the, the, the Houston trade, their own selections, and how they could kind of completely turn over a team at once. And then they ended up going, you know, quarterback, Austin Jackson, who like a lot of people didn't think maybe was worth 18, and like no Igbenogany, which nobody expected. So it was like a, a framework. They didn't really like do it in a holistic way. They just drafted good players that they thought they, they would need go, going forward. You know, they trusted their scouting staff, and that was the move they made. The Jets. A lot of it depends on who you add as your new head coach and your new coordinators, right? Uh Depending on the offensive coaching staff you bring in, they might look at Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, Jeff Smith, Brashad Perriman, Chris Herndon, and say, you know, we don't we don't need to go crazy prioritizing pass catching weapons. We can make a little something with this. They might look at, you know, Mackay Beckton, George Fan, Greg Vedroten, Connor McGovern, and say, you know, we don't need to go crazy pouring resources into the offensive line. We've got a little bit of a good developmental group here. Chuma Doga, uh, the the Charlotte Cameron Clark. You know, we we've got what we need. So I looked to the def. I think you go Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. and then I looked to the defense pretty immediately. And, and and they've gotten, you know, John Franklin Myers and Quinn Williams. They've got a good defensive tackle group. Ashton Davis, Marcus May. They've got a good safety group. Everything else needs work. Uh, so I wanted to go edge, and I wanted to go linebacker. Uh, I ended up looking at Quincy Roche, uh, the Miami. You know, I, I think that they want a speed rusher. They want an outside rusher right now. A guy who can win on, on the outside track. He's one of the best in the class at that in my opinion, so Quincy Roche out of Miami. And then a linebacker, I looked at Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa as the pick at 33, ah. potential top of the second round. Uh, everything that Jamal Adams was in terms of alignment, Owusu-Koromoa can also be safety, linebacker, box, flex him out of our number two. You know, Adams was 220. Owusu-Koromoa is probably going to be 230. Like, he's, they're going to be of a similar density playing that position. He's obviously not a safety. He's a linebacker. And I think that putting him with CJ Mosley gives you your thunder and your lightning duo there to start with. So that was what I looked at. I wanted to go defense. I there, I wanted to go corner, but I just didn't find any pairing that I liked. All right. Well, since I said we had 10 minutes and Ben just took up seven of them, I I'll, realized, I'm just gonna... I didn't realize as I finished that, I was like, Oh my God, wait, he said that we had to go faster. And I totally just went on big exposition. We're just going to stand on those. Cause that was an elaborate. And that was a good answer to recap everything. With the Sorry, friends. Um, Juval said, given what we have, 
or given that we've had four QBs go in the top 10 in 2018, and with so many teams potentially in need of a QB, do you think it's possible that we could see the Mormon Manziel, Zach Wilson from BYU, be a top 10 pick? Yes. I think it's possible. Yes. I I think think we cannot, right. We definitely can't rule it out. How likely is it? Tricky. Mm, You know? Yeah. It's important to not think about quarterback four now, you know, having seen the 2018 class, but think about what quarterback four was viewed as then. And like whoever your quarterback, like quarterback four ended up being Josh Rosen. People thought Rosen should be QB one. You know, like that, that class was like, there were five dudes mm-hmm. for which somebody was making a case that he was the first quarterback in the class. That's not happening here. I think the tiers are a little bit more clear. So now Wilson himself has to warrant 10 overall. And I'm not sure he will. I'm not sure that he does. Yeah. But... I think we get four in the first round. Top 10 might be tricky. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor said, let's say hypothetically I stumbled onto a big repository of college all 22 tape. I love football in the draft process, but I don't know a thing about how to evaluate tape. Any advice from you and Ben uh, on what to look for in prospects? I I would start with understanding exactly what you're looking for for positions. The way that I've learned the most about that is certainly reading a lot of people's work that I respect on Twitter that I've been able to follow guys that have kind of uh, had their certain niche with either trench play or quarterback play or wide receiver player and things like that. And I, I, you just constantly learn little nuances from them, read their work, follow them on social media. Another thing is finding coaching clinics on uh, YouTube. If you could find them there, uh, it's, it's obviously easy to search what you're trying to look for. And then coach tube too. There's, there's a lot of really great resources that most aren't free when they're on coach tube, but it's, it's coaches breaking down exactly why certain areas of football like defensive backs or linebackers or again defensive line play like how it all works together and exactly why it works as well once you understand understand what you're looking for position wise then I think it's a lot easier to evaluate what you're looking at saying okay this guy can play or you notice where they might be falling is it physical gifts is it lack of technique is it things like that but you first have to have a baseline to understand uh, what you're looking for in certain positions and what makes a good player a good player yeah, the to me, I, I would say the single most important thing you have to do is you have to watch and publicize what you think about what you're seeing uh, that's on Twitter or written, and then you have to be wrong. You got to do it. You know, you, that's you, true you too. right. You, you learn learn a baseline, follow good people, key in on good resources, watch film that other people are currently watching, so that you see what they see as they're seeing it live, and then say, you know, here's. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, here's the responsibility I think he has. Here's what I think he does in it. Here's what I think he's reading. Here's why I think it's good or bad. And then when somebody's like, no, be like, okay, why? And, you know, if you are comfortable with the idea of being wrong, you'll get better a lot faster. And if you're not comfortable with that, first, you won't put enough of your work out there to get feedback. And secondly, you'll be resistant when you get it. Uh, and that's the nightmare situation. So be wrong. Publicize it, be incorrect, it learn important. from that, and cycle that 100,000 bajillion times. It is, a, it is an industry where you are, even even the best people are not going to be right 100% of the time. It's important to be able to get your thoughts out there, not be above reproach, learn from everything. It's a fun process, but that's kind of uh, a handful of ways that I, I would suggest to get in there as well as Ben. Uh, Andreas, who is listening from Sweden, he messaged me on Instagram and told me that he was a big fan of the podcast, an ally of the pod all the way from Sweden, which we really appreciate. So we're halfway through the season, and I want you two to rank your top five defensive backs through the year. I also wonder if you have a player on the rise who might be in the top five or 15 by the end of the year. 
struggled with this one. Uh, it's been a weird year, right? Like, Stephon Gilmore hasn't been great. Right. Tredavious White has not been great. Um, so my ranking ended up as such. Uh, at five, I put Kyle Fuller for the Bears, who I think both Fuller brothers, Washington and Chicago, have been really, really good. Um, but Fuller for the Bears has impressed me particularly through. You said, you said Kyle and Kendall, and you just said where they where they play. I just I, I always get them wrong. So I know a, it's just, it was just funny. It was just like, a, you called them by where they play, not their first names. They, no, there's a Chicago Fuller and there's a Washington Fuller. And which one? Which no one, one do you think is which? Kyle plays in Chicago. Correct. I know this because I have written down Kyle yes. Fuller on the list. Correct. But it required a Google to ensure that I had that information successfully. So. Four, five Kyle Fuller for me. Four is Justin Simmons. Boy, he's good. Oh, man, Justin. I, I was really impressed with him against the Chargers going through that film this past week. He's been great as per usual. He's going to make a ton of money. People talked Three about, is Jair Alexander. Like, people talked about Denver trading him. Can they not Can they not pay him? I didn't understand they, that. They can. It's a question of, like, the, somebody's got to make him the highest paid safety in the league. Should the two, the three and five Broncos okay. do it or should somebody else do it? You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I know he's been playing really well, and I, I've liked a lot of his film that I've seen over the last couple of years. And so when I saw, like, oh, yeah, they should trade him, I'm like, what are you talking about? But I guess. So at three, I had Jair Alexander. Green Bay continues to be unbelievably instinctive. I think he's probably the best zone corner in the league, given how Tredavious White is playing. Mm-hmm. Kudos to him. Two is Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey's been shot down. He's been lights out uh, uh, so far for the Rams. He's probably actually one. I just want to make a point by putting the guy I'm going to put at one at one. Um, but Ramsey's looking motivated and active for the first time in a couple years. And when he's that, he's the best corner in the league. One for me is James Bradbury. Oh, baby. James Bradbury. The afterthought. The Byron Jones consolation prize. Just, you, can't, you can't complete a pass? He's been so good in New York, the really only bright spot they've got on that defense, uh, at least in that secondary for sure, he's been re- tremendous for them. And, and he's a bargain of $15 million per year. I, uh, think, I feel comfortable saying that. So, shout out to him. I think that he's been an underrated corner for a long time. I've got some different guys, but all of the names that you mentioned were either in what I considered my five or like just outside it. Because cornerback play, especially when you're just lumping in defensive backs all together, it's, it's so hard to actually rank them five to one. I, I didn't rank them. I just kind of have them in groups. Uh, the first group that I have, though, that one through five, Jair Alexander, I have him in there. Jesse Bates, I have in there. Jason Barrett's also playing fantastic. He's been an absolutely shut down, which has been fun to see. Carlton Davis, I feel like he's playing like a top five, top eight corner for the Buccaneers, especially going back to last year, considering who he has guarded. Xavier Howard's been fantastic. I think he's tied the league for interceptions right now. He is Playing that style where it's like you could, he is as aggressive as possible, and yet they're not burning him in areas where you think that they were. James Bradbury, Buda Baker, Julian Blackman, Kendall Fuller, Kyle Fuller, uh, Bryce Callahan, Justin Simmons, all those guys, Jalen Ramsey. Those guys. You just wrote down every series. good name of every good player. Well, I, I I wrote them all down, and then I'm like, who do I get from these five? And so the first guys that I named were bid my five, but then right. wanted to give a shout out with some other guys who are playing. Um, really well. He also said uh, he's, he likes hockey, being from Sweden. Andreas does. And he said, how many Bens would it take to beat the Lightning's starting five when they don't have a goalie? Ben, can you skate at all? Trevor, the the extent... the, the I went ice skating one time, okay. and I cut my hand so bad on the ice, I started bleeding, and they had to take everybody off of the rink so they could clean it for sanitation purposes. Okay. So the answer is, like, however bad you think somebody can skate, worse. It, so it, it would probably take like 40 of you. Right. I was like, I don't really know. 
how that works, but I would say like at least a century of people. Like it would be unbelievable. Uh, there was a, a Ben on Instagram who asked, "Who's one player that you have never liked and why?" I don't know if I have a player that like I just really hate. Like I, I wrote, I tried to think about this one for a while, but especially once you start to cover the league, you don't like hate players. You know, like I, I just don't, I don't have that feeling towards the game like I did maybe in the early two thousands. A guy that I wrote down is Donovan McNabb, and I, I really don't even hate Donovan McNabb. It was just always mm-hmm. kind of like a. I was never going to root for Donovan McNabb because of the Eagles-Bucks rivalry in the early 2000s, and so I guess that's one, but I don't have that player that, that I think a lot of other people do. I kind of agree in the sense that, like, I, like I, it feels weird to, like, just, like, firstly, like, if I hate a player, it's because they're, like, a cowboy who's been good against Eagles. Like, I hate Marion Barber. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, like, sure, not, that's fair. Like, that's not for no reason. That's just because, like, he played for the Cowboys and he was good against the Eagles, and that bothered me. A guy that I just, like, straight up don't like? Mm. I mean, I'd be lying if I said Travis Kelsey doesn't wrong me the, rub me the wrong way a few times. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? like, All right, okay. I mean, like, just because, like, that sort of, like, you know, uh, that sort of personality can be annoying. And sure. Especially okay. annoying when he's extremely successful. Like, it just kind of makes it worse. And, he, but, like, it's, like, and it's like him and Zach Ertz kind of, you know, like top tight ends. Oh, no, it's not. Zach Ertz is not even anywhere near that conversation. Okay, all right, great. I tried to give him an easy one, but all right. Yeah. So there's there's that, I think, you know, um, but like a lot of the league's best villains, I've always loved. Because yeah, no, it's like, fun. Right. It's you know? a good time. Right. Like I love Richard Sherman. I love Michael Crabtree. Oh, like to me, Those guys are awesome. Uh, so, it, it, you know, I don't really have that that bad blood. But uh, if you're a cowboy, then, yes, I do. Matt said uh, fan Friday question for you guys. If you could have dinner with three people that are alive, who would they be? Hope you guys have a great weekend. Well, I appreciate that, Matt. Yeah, I've got so I've got a, a grandfather I never met and a great grandfather I never met. Uh, fathers Nicholas Solak and Alexander Schmemann, respectfully. Uh, and so I would you I want to do that because I'd want like these like every, you hear a lot of stories about these guys. Sure, Father Schmemann wrote t- ten bajillion books, and so I'd want to meet him and be like, so I, he was boys with Solzhenitsyn. I want to be like, yo, what's what's Alex like? I don't <laughs> kind of just have that conversation seems nuts. And I thought about my third one for a while because I really don't have like a big like celebrity sort of a thing you know what i mean like i don't like i i there's nobody that i would be oh it's so cool let's take a picture it's, you know it's not really a thing um i thought about like an old school coach you know like i feel like it'd be fun to talk to like vince lombardi right mm-hmm. like just be like hey you know football passes the ball now it's crazy like buddy ryan you know be like, yeah eagles are cool like i don't know like that that'd be a good time but it'd be a weird conversation having my two like super old russian grandpas and then buddy ryan but i'd be making work <laughs> Uh, there's so many different ways to answer this question. I thought about this one for a while, and actually, it, it's funny um, because as we are recording this podcast, Alyssa's in, in the other room and she can hear me, and she just texted me and said, "You better want to have dinner with me." So, uh, one of the scenarios oh, was it I, dead or alive? Yeah, it's dead or alive. Yeah. Oh, I just went for straight dead people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all um, deceased. Right. So, one of the scenarios that I actually did think about was uh, Alyssa being one of them me being the other and then the other two people that are at dinner are just like the greatest chefs in the world and it's just like we just have like the greatest dinner of all time um but i didn't want to go with that there's also like the scenario where it's like uh jesus and satan yeah let's talk it out what's going on guys is that that also within the parameters i don't know i i feel like this this question is very open-ended the one that i landed on was because there there's kind of like a dynamic that needs to happen because you can't just, like, stick random people at a dinner table and, like, it 
probably go the way you want it to. It's not like you're having an individual conversation. I feel like you have to think about the element of everybody in the room. So three that I landed on, and I'm sure that I could think about this question for hours and come up with all kinds of different combinations and answers. Um, Anthony Bourdain is one of them because he has traveled the world, has so many unbelievable stories, has seen so many things about other people's culture, and also is a kick-ass cook, so he would be able to make us a fantastic meal with our help. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is another one. I, I, I did not know this nearly as much before he passed, and I wish that I did, but his perspective on a lot of different things uh, was just pretty incredible, and, and the way that he was able to kind of come up throughout his entire career. I would love to, obviously, I, I never met him, but I'd love to have him at a dinner table for an evening and just, just sit there and talk. And then the other one, I felt like I had to get a sports one in there, and I was trying to think of a really good sports one but there's a lot of uh, great things that LeBron James, I think, has experienced. And I think that there's a lot of really great perspective that he's had on a lot of different things, uh, bringing a social aspect to the sport and what it's like to truly be one of the biggest names on the planet, just like an iconic personality. And so those three, I thought, could really gel together in a way where I could truly sit back and just listen to these people who have such an incredible perspective and such great experiences and all this kinds of stuff that really is unique to them that I could just sit there and, and just listen to him go off about all kinds of topics, no matter what, for like an entire evening with a great bottle of wine or something. So yeah, that was, those are my three, but I, that that's such a great question. I think we get asked that all the time, but it, you know, if we got asked that question th- three weeks from now, two weeks from now, I feel like I could have another answer. Because it's there, there's right. so many interesting people we, that you could always right. have dinner with. You went a lot more into the chemistry of it, and also you had a lot, you know, you had a lot of people too. Where I just wanted to <laughs> talk to people I haven't got a chance to talk to before. This is true. All right, this is the last one. Uh, we're gonna do it real quick before we get out of here. Ben and Trevor, what are your all-time Bucks and Eagles teams? He actually said, Ben, what is your all-time? Oh shoot, favorite Bucks team. So did you do the Bucks or the Eagles? I did the Bucks. Okay, I. Thought he was asking us for our favorite team. So. What's it like to read? All right, so for the Eagles, um, basically <laughs> everybody on their starting offensive line that when they won the Super Bowl, Brian West, Brian Westbrook at running back, Michael Vick at quarterback, um, Brent Selleck at tight end, just because it's hilarious, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin at wide receiver, um, Freddie Mitchell at wide receiver, T.O. at wide receiver. So those are the four. On defense, Brian Dawkins. Oh, you, you are doing this very well. This is uh, impressive. Brian Dawkins, Nambi Asamoah, just because of the name alone. Um, I feel like they've had another really good corner. Oh, I don't remember. Um, Chris Long at defensive end, Fletcher Cox at defensive tackle. Javon Curse at defensive end. Good, nice. Um, linebacker. God, you're gonna yell at me. Who's Nate Gary? Not, Nate Gary just to piss you're off rat. Mike Kiss. Um, <laughs> Malcolm Jenkins, the other safety. That's all I got. Gotta get Jeremiah Trotter in there on the. Oh, uh, Jay Trotter in there. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah What's yeah. who's another That's corner? Who else did I miss? Uh, Asante Samuel, Sheldon Brown, uh, Lito Shepard. Yeah, no, 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 no. Asante Samuel and then um, Lito Shepard for for the Gators. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm, yeah. that's what I'm going with. There you go. Okay. Um, me with actual preparation. Quarterback Steve Young. You're <laughs> Thank <welcome>. you. 
I did it straight for you. I wanted to do Brad Johnson, but I did Steve Young. Uh, obviously, two-headed backfield with Mike Alstott and Cadillac Williams. No negotiating there. The correct answer um, was Bo Jackson and Mike Alstott, but it's fine. Mike Alstott and Cadillac. Oh, Cadillac, baby. Come on. <laughs> Wide receivers, I had to go old school. I uh, Vincent Jackson, Keyshawn Johnson, and Joey Galloway. Wow, that to okay. me was like Joey Gall- Galloway. Yep. Nice. Joey Galloway. Nice. I didn't put down an offensive line. I don't know the box offensive lineman. Just the current starting group. Okay. Um, I didn't realize how nuts the defensive line was going to be until I sat down and realized it's uh, Warren Sapp, Gerald McCoy, Leroy Selman, and, and uh, Simeon Rice. So that's a good time. Uh, Fierce. I, yeah. I so I did Derek Brooks and then I did Levante David and De- and Devin White. I couldn't think of any other like Derek Brooks. Are there any other Tampa linebackers that I'm not thinking of? Hardy Nickerson, but yeah, pff, whatever. Um, Come on, love you, Hardy. Come uh, on, corners. Man. I did Rondé Barber and then I did Carlton Davis. I really think Carlton Davis is going to be like a a Bucks corner of lore. You know okay. what I mean? All right. Um and and then John Lynch and Antoine Winfield Jr., which to me is awesome. Um, because John Lynch hung out with Antoine Winfield Jr.'s dad, and now he's gonna hang out with Antoine Winfield Jr. The ones that um, the ones that you missed there, um, Darrell Revis, noted Tampa Bay Buccaneer, great Darrell Revis at corner, and then Brian Kelly probably would have been the other corner that I mentioned. Um, for safety, I wrote down just for fun uh, Deshaun Golson because it was hilarious that the Bucks went all in on signing Deshaun Golson, and then. The year later, the NFL changed the rules to where like you could not hit receivers over the middle. Like you, re- like you got <laughs> penalized and fined and suspended. And Deshaun went, "I don't have a career anymore." Like he, li- like he, he was out of the league so damn fast because he could no longer hit people over the middle. He, he just couldn't do it, and he was like, Very "All right, sad. well, that's uh, what my entire brand was." So uh, we out. Deshaun was like, "We out. We done." And that's what we're doing here. Fran Friday is wrapped up. Appreciate Fran that. Friday. Fran, yeah, that's, uh, you know, the noted... Fran Duffy, baby. The, I was going to say noted CrossFit hero workout, Fran, and then also good friend of the pod, Fran Duffy. We appreciate everybody who asked questions, whether it was on Twitter, Instagram, or in the premium Slack. You guys are the best. You guys make Fan Fridays a lot of fun for us. Ton of really exciting football games going on this weekend. Ben and I are going to be back to recap all the action on Monday morning. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here. Unlocked on NFL Draft.